welcome back to yet another episode of the VAR, the Wallies and Rabona's podcast. I am Sanjay and I'm once again happy to be your host for today. So today, without any further ado, let's cut to the chase and we'll talk about Manchester United. Manchester United are, without a doubt, the most supported club in the world. And also, they are one of the biggest brands in football today. The, the club has been under a lot of managerial changes recently, ever since the departure of Sir Alex Ferguson. And uh, the glory days need to come back pretty much anytime soon. The club haven't won a trophy in the past five seasons. And also, things are looking grim currently, with the club you know, struggling to find a place in the top four and qualify for the Champions League next season with Cristiano Ronaldo himself in the squad. And today... We are accompanied by Manchester United fans who are going to share their grievances about the, about the club they love. And also, they are going to, we are going to look at the future prospectors of how the club is going to progress forward. So first, let's talk about the squad itself, starting from the goalkeeping position, where David De Gea has arguably been the player of the season so far. So, Arunya, what do you think about De Gea's performance this season? Some of Deja's performances have been good, but most of them have been a smokescreen to the greater issues he brings to the team and to the club. Um, goalkeepers like Deja are tailor-made for sides like Burnley, Atletico Madrid, not progressive, uh, dominating sides like which we want to create here at Man United. Um, there are a few basic things which a goalkeeper should be doing, a modern goalkeeper should be doing. One of them is sweeping. One of them is coming out for crosses. One of them is, I mean, it's it was a myth that earlier only the goalkeeper does not need to be good with his feet. He needs to be very, very good with his feet. Now, on these three parameters, David De Gea is amongst the league's worst. And that does not help a defense which is already struggling. Secondly, uh, it's the saves which we see and we feel like, oh, wow, he's doing well. But the point being here is he makes the team walk right into situations where he has to pull out saves like that. For example, uh, there was this uh, a, a moment in the Brighton match in which the, the lad, I mean, gets the football, he boots it up across the field, but then he just aims it to no one and the Brighton person gets it. So now, eventually... We lose possession from our own goal kick and then Moder, Jakub Moder, gets a free header in our box, which he then has a good save to parry it away. So in the end, he gives the ball away from our own goal kick, which is very strange. A lot of instances like this, I mean, hurts the team and, uh, you know, gives away the control of the match and the possession in such instances, which can be avoided. So I think Dahaya... His performances have been good, but it's a smokescreen. What do you think? Well, as a goalkeeper, you are paid to to short stops and getting the ball from not entering the goal. And I think he's doing that pretty well. But the fact that, you know, he's giving the ball away or he's actually ending up in such a situation is because of the leaky defence in front of him, isn't it? And let's now shift our focus to the defence. So, Aryan. Why, why do you think Dea has left vulnerable and he has to, like, you know, depend on making really, really good saves to get United out of trouble? And what is actually going on in that defensive line right in front of him? People think the problem for United is really complex. There are many issues. 
for me there is one slab held issue and that guy is the captain of manchester united there this guy has been an absolute abomination of a captain and i'm using the word captain very loosely because he does nothing on the pitch and i have actually heard reports saying that maguire is angry at players for their poor performances that's like that's like the kettle calling the pot black he's probably the worst center back we've had in the past 5 10 years and i'm including phil jones in this list this guy i actually checked up some stats in the morning and jared bowen has more tackles one has more interceptions than harry maguire and he's a winger for west ham i'm not sure what else i'm supposed to say this guy probably has been one of the worst transfers in manchester united's history and people actually said that last season he was good last season he was decent and if you consider the price tag in question he was not even decent he did an average job and this season that has just gone from bad to worse no look defending not crouching down when players are coming at you they are just some of the few masterpieces that harry maguire has done this season statistically speaking aryan um maguire does fall into the category where you know his this his statistics are not the best well he, he sits in the 25th percentile for tackles made for 90 minutes and also he has just 1.73 interceptions per 90 minutes which is in the 35th percentile but he is partnered by rafael varan who is also having a tough job to do and uh, also the left, right back and the left backs at manchester united they make attacking runs but uh, they need to recover and help the center backs do something so is maguire alone the serious problem or is the defense itself vulnerable to more such issues uh hi so we can say that maguire alone is not the problem and the defense at large has uh, been struggling in terms of positioning and coordination and one serious uh part of the defense that we need to look at is the right back we have both diego dalo and aaron wan bissaka they both bring contrasting qualities to the position diego dalo has shown better progressive pay, play and better passing overall but wan bissaka has uh, been shown to be a better one on one defender however when it comes to positioning and ball progression both have not been up to the mark for a manchester united right back and this, they have both been very underwhelming this has often caused the right central back to be out of position and this in turn exposes maguire's weak pace and that has been a tactic that teams are have been using to score against united so all of this i believe stems from the right back position well considering the problems at right back and center back let's talk about luke shaw the man who was supposed to you know be a revelation this season especially after a strong end to the previous campaign he was tipped to be united's best player this season but even his performances have have dropped drastically and sometimes alex telles has come to fill in his positions so what do you guys think about the left back position at manchester united currently i think luke shaw as a player for united the only good seasons he has had here uh for uh, like he he has been here for 7 to 8 seasons i guess the only good seasons he, he has had is uh, the last two maybe and that's it uh, other than that he has done nothing at united he is one of the most inconsistent players along with maguire at united and maybe if i'm going further i might even say players like marshall and rashford are as inconsistent as luke shaw right now luke shaw basically 
sometimes he goes forwards and positionally when some someone attacks him uh, he fails to defend it his positioning sense sometimes is so bad with because of this even maguire suffers a lot uh, because he also plays as a left center back being uh, the only good thing that uh, luke shaw has done this season is uh, a ball progression forward other than that defensively has been very big and uh, this also a cause of uh, not giving many chance to tellus as well uh, i mean giving a lot of matches to shaw alone and uh, when you have uh, another left back who is good to play for few games another left uh, alex tellus is very good uh, attackingly defensively maybe weak but he he could come and fill in sometimes but it's not ha- it was not happening at united right now it's happening let's see how luke shaw builds upon this right now till now under ragnik even if this has happened he has not improved much going into the games i'm always like shaw shaw should be the first choice left back after the end of game I'll, i'm like always yeah why shaw playing here that's how i can sum up the left back position at united very inconsistent we need a new left back in coming years Nachiket, you said the inconsistent players like Harry Maguire. I criticized him, but I won't go for this. Someone has been consistently bad. He can't be inconsistent. He has given up a series of shit shows for quite a while now. And when you say left back or right back, yeah, yeah, maybe they are problems. But we have actually seen games where people like Diogo Dalo or Luke Shaw or Alex Telles or Juan Bissaka have actually given good performances. Juan Bissaka was. at least until last season a defensive rock there but still there were errors from maguire see errors from maguire i think has been there but because he's maguire <laughs> okay but last season few games maguire has done really good if you see the if you see a big games against city and all maguire has been a, a very solid i I can say he's inconsistent but not very consistently bad he has had few good games like shaw so in terms in terms of maguire uh he was pretty good last season if you're looking at people putting in defensive shifts like maguire was definitely one of the best defenders in the league last season there's no doubt about it like as trash as he's been this season like i think maguire got a lot of unnecessary uh uh like uh, issues with his price tag last season but he did put in a solid defensive performance united's defense improved vastly after maguire and van bissaka came in like there's no doubt about that but this season he's he's been bad like no doubt about that and this season he's been a definite huge hole in the defense uh but maguire hopefully if he finds his form back and if he can go back to the defender he was last season he can still have a play a part to play that's a lot of stick for maguire and the defense in general but also there's another topic coming where you know our regarding the leadership in the group where maguire and ronaldo happened to have a so called conflict regarding the captaincy and uh, also the dressing room seems to be completely disjointed because of this issue what do you guys how do you guys, how do you guys approach that and what are your thoughts on it? yeah okay there has been quite a few ego clashes in man united or so it's said yeah there have been quite a few ego clashes but i still think that harry maguire is the wrong person for the job first of all he came in from leicester city where he was a good center back but never a leadership candidate he wasn't the captain at leicester city he is not the captain in england and now you've made him captain to probably one of the biggest clubs in english history and he has no experience doing that 
Many of the times that's Manchester seen... United's tradition, isn't it, Aryan, to have an English centre back being the stalwart of the team, being the captain and moving the team forward. But apparently, that's just not clicked for Maguire over here. See, those are patterns. Those are happy coincidences. If you're just going to think that an English guy did well last term and he's going to do well this term, that that's like saying that I'm just going to going to go to some kind of a, what psychiatrist or psychologist or something like that. That's astrology for me. That you just you can just say that Harry Maguire before that there was Rio Ferdinand who was an English centre back and he was good. But still, I think Harry Maguire. The point that Addy said that he was good last season. He was decent last season. You can't call him good last season. And if that's your expectation from Harry Maguire, then sorry, but it's pretty low. Okay, that's it for the defence, where there seems to be a serious problem in Manchester United. Now let's move further down the pitch to the midfield, where Scott McTominay and Fred seem to play a majority of the games. And uh, that in itself is quite, you know, a dilemma for United fans, where some the, the position, where the Positioning of Fred has always been questioned regarding whether he should play or not. And also, there's a serious question mark over Paul Pogba and his future beyond the season. So, where does United's midfield lie and what's the scope of improvement over there? Uh, talking about our defensive midfield situation, as you told, McTominay and Fred, they have been quite decent since Ragnik has come to United. Before that, they were absolutely atrocious. I agree to that. Uh, fuck. They, there's some... Dude, I, I, I got 40-minute notification. Wait. Start again. Okay, okay. okay. I, I got 40 minutes notification. That's what. Anyway. Okay, I... I defensive midfield. Mm. Okay, uh, now talking about the defensive midfield uh, situation, uh, McTominay and Fred have been pretty uh, decent under Ragnik till now. Before that, I think yeah, absolutely atrocious and only at the start of the season. There, Fred has been very inconsistent for United. He has had his uh, 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 he has had his games where United fans called him better than Kante at one point uh, when Kante was bad, and McTominay as a box to box as box to box, he has he has been very inconsistent, but. Oh, Okay, but defensively, uh, Fred is absolutely atrocious player. His uh, positioning sense is very bad. Uh, same can same same I can say with McTominay as well. The only reason he plays is because you know he's physically fit at DM uh, he, because of his physicality. Other than that, I don't see any uh, uh, positional sense to for both of them to be a uh, permanent DM at United. We we are looking for several. Players, let's hope. Well, first of all, Nachiket, that's a bold comparison of, of Fred with Kante. But before that, um, I think McTominay has been, a, has been a mainstay in the midfield. Not just because he came through the academy, but he seems to be a consistent performer. But it's just that, you know, he's a young midfielder. He needs to grow and learn in the game. He needs a good partner with him so that he can flourish. But that never seems to be happening at United because first was it was supposed to be Pogba was supposed to be the man to run the midfield but uh, he's apparently you know just good at getting haircuts done more than getting his game on point and also there's this huge uh, conundrum over Fred as well so what do you guys think can be can be done about that and is McTominay supposed to you know cement his place in the starting lineup or does he also need to be chopped and changed 
see McTominay has to be chopped and changed. Uh, he's uh, good as a squad player, but if you if we are looking for a future box to box player, we have to. Uh, we we uh, VDB is a better player than McTominay at that position. McTominay is basically played for his physicality, and many managers still now have been very wrong about him. The own and the question kya I didn't listen to you, <laughs> dude. I thought someone else was taking sir. McTominay, does McTominay deserve deserve to be chopped and changed? You just say a yeah, small please. statement, then I'll come in with Fred, and others will come in with Pogba. Yeah, okay. What's the time? Oh, wait, do I come in with Bruno? Bruno, yeah, he yeah, took yeah. na Fernandez, Ajay took. Ajay took Ajay took. Okay, McTominay needs to be completely top and changed from this uh, squad. He at best he's a squad player, not a starting box to box position for United. May uh, Pogba as a player isn't he doesn't really track back and also VDB is our best shot for a box to box position and hopefully a DM in future. Okay, so moving on to Pogba. Pogba was a 89 million British pound outlay for United. Personally, I feel that has been a huge transfer failure uh, in comparison to Maguire as well. Maguire at least has been giving us consistent starts. Pogba plays one game in two months and goes back to the bench. And the one game he plays in two months might be good. And he'll play another game in which the midfield gets entirely outrun. Once, like The best thing that we can see is that Pogba, while Pogba is playing, McTominay always consistently looks like the better midfielder in the level. And that says a lot about the, how big of a failure Pogba has been for United. Okay, so the third midfielder that we have is Fred. For me, Fred, structurally speaking, Fred's strength is probably lesser than a champagne glass. Everyone just turns him out. I remember Demari great sitting him on his ass. That is the funniest thing that I've ever seen. And this was this is despite the fact that actually led to a goal. I should actually be sad that United conceded, but I kept laughing at how Demari Gray just demolished Fred. The reason he's probably playing CDM right now because his competition is Nemanja Matic or as he's called Uncle Magic. The guy, the guy is really old. And Fred, the only thing that I think and I respect about him is his work rate. He gives his everything on the pitch. But at this point, I just think he is just not good enough. He's giving his best, but he's not good enough. So uh, what I would like to add on over here is that at the current point, we're seeing Fred play more as a free eight. And as a free eight, he's been putting in much better performance than what he has been previously putting in in his box-to-box role or when he's been deployed as a DM. So I think that is something that Ragnik has gotten correct. So Fred, I feel, is someone who can stay in the team and McTominay can work more as a DM, but Pogba needs to go. Pogba has to leave the club as soon as possible. So the defensive midfielders, you know, there's like a serious confusion over there whether they have to play or, you know, the right balance has yet to be achieved in that position for United. Probably you guys are one player away in that spot. But also, the main creativity comes from Bruno himself. And he has been United's man for the past year, year and a half. And uh, he's been bringing up the numbers. He's been creating the chances. He's doing his best he can. But what ha- what's happened to Bruno this season? Because his numbers have completely dropped since the arrival of Ronaldo. And uh, 
he doesn't seem to be out of form but clearly he's created a lot of chances in open play and the goals just don't seem to be coming in through it through um, the main change from last season to this season with respect to bruno has are actually two the first one being the arrival of ronaldo and the second one being the arrival of alfarnick um wait just a second is there background noise and uh, no 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 you can continue has been the arrival of uh, ronaldo as well as the arrival of alfarnick now the first problem being uh, when ronaldo was not here and bruno was the main man at united uh, ole had given him the freedom to play the way he wants to and the problem that has started to arise after ronaldo has come in is that bruno has to stick to playing hero balls as it's been called these days where he just looks for random passes to find, try and find ronaldo because ronaldo is putting his hands up the other big problem for bruno this season has been the fact that whenever uh, the time when ralph ranick came into the club and started to enforce the 4-3-2 system uh, bruno was forced to either play as a number 6 or as a wide number 10 and both of those roles which he is not really comfortable with he is more comfortable being the main man in the middle or you know playing uh, at as an eight which which has started to happen eventually with respect to uh, uh, ralph ranick's system but uh, i believe these two are the main reasons the other thing is i feel um, whenever bruno and pogba play together even though there are times when they do create magic on the pitch you know it's all pleasing to the eye we haven't really seen the results come out well those two together have played some amazing football some amazing passes between each other some amazing dribbles and coordinated plays but the team as a whole does not perform really well when pogba and bruno have played together and uh, when pogba returned from his injury and you know when pogba and bruno have started to play together they have not uh, been successful at all so i feel these three are some reasons why bruno has dipped you know uh, last season he was the main man scored 18 goals had scored around 15 goals by this time last season but this season he has only scored 9 as of now which is the same as ronaldo actually so um so that is uh, why he has dipped the other thing being the fact that there is no clear uh, you know decision between who is the designated penalty taker is it bruno or is it ronaldo and it just keeps changing and just give bruno his comfort zone let him take the penalties that is one thing that he was actually good at let him keep doing that so let's see uh, if the situation goes ahead, goes forward and you know both players are complimenting or not complimenting each other i believe the final uh, decision that united will take is to favor bruno because he's the future and not ronaldo who's the past and is finished Uh, just a small thing once sanjay i don't actually agree with the fact that bruno has dripped down his game or something has his finishing gone bad yes but the other aspects in the number of chances created him and trent alexander arnold are the only one to cross 50 chances and that was not like a 51 or 52 bruno has crossed over 70 chances this season and chances created so bruno in the premier league only other competitions excluded Yeah, thank you. No, but the underlying that. stats are pretty good for Bruno. The the point that I wanted to mention was his 
goals and assists have come down. That's obviously because of the weak finishing of the team. But uh, Bruno himself hasn't like converted the chances that he was supposed to finish as well. And uh, I think he's doing pretty well in the Premier League. He's creating a lot of chances. He's neck and neck with Trent Alexander-Arnold based on underlying stats, as you mentioned. But the final output is the one that's missing, don't you think? Uh, people kind of keep forgetting at the end of the day, he's a midfielder. It's not always exactly his job to score. His job is to create those chances. Is he doing that better than anyone in the Premier League right now? Very easily. And I've, this list includes people like Kevin De Bruyne, Mohamed Salah, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Andrew Robertson. All of these guys, they are way behind when it comes to chances. So I, I give Bruno that. Uh, I agree with the fact that he has been creating more chances than all of these, you know, the greatest creative players in Premier League at the moment. But has he been creating chances uh, when compared to himself from last season? No, he has not been. And one of the major reasons for that is the fact that uh, he is being forced to play something that he is not really used to. And he does not really have a person who can support him the way say, uh, Martial did last season or even Rashford did for a while last season. So, I feel that is the reason how, why, that is how we should compare Bruno from last season to this season and not with the others because he's a class apart. Okay. So, I would like to disagree with Ajay on that point. Actually, the stats show that Bruno's chance creation has gone up a level from last season, but his uh, expected um, goals and assists have come down. This has been due to Bruno's positioning, as Ajay mentioned earlier, because his expected goal contributions have come down a lot this year. And we've already discussed the reasons for that, so I won't go into that. But one thing that I think should be mentioned is Bruno has the highest number of assists in the Champions League. He's got 15 goal contributions in the Premier League. He's definitely United's best player, and playing him in his best position is definitely what's best for the team. And if not for some extremely poor finishing from United forwards, Bruno's numbers would have been way, way higher this season as well. It's not that Bruno has dipped. It's that our forwards, including Sancho, Rashford, and Ronaldo, have been exceptionally poor at finishing. We have been seeing huge number of expected goals with very few actual goals that are being scored. Adarsh, I have to back you up here because Manchester United since Ralph Ragnick's first game in charge, have created 146 chances from open play, which is the most in the Premier League since the 5th of December, Ralph Ragnick's first game in charge. But the, the conversion rate of those chances have been 32%, which is 15th in the league. And the short conversion percent is 10%, which is 13th. So this clearly comes down to some really, really bad finishing, which is what I mentioned before that Bruno has been going all guns blazing. He's pulling all the strings, but... It's just that there's no end product to all to all his good work. So what's going on? What's going wrong with the forwards over there? Because the the change in system is clearly not helping Ronaldo. It's not helping Rashford, who you know who really really loves going wide and you know cutting in from the flanks. But there seems to be no width in the attack, and that's mainly down to the system he plays, right? The four triple two, where you all you depend a lot on centralized attacking options and. Despite Bruno doing his thing, the goals just don't come. So our major, uh, for I mean our main forward of the season, obviously is 
Mr. Second Coming, Second Coming of the Lord Himself, and you know, uh, to put it into perspective, um, when <laughs> when Ronaldo left the club in twenty nine, two thousand nine, and we signed his supposed next ronaldo bebe after looking at youtube videos and to be really honest bebe has played around 1000 minutes less in the la liga this season than ronaldo but still has played better than him and that is that that shows how poor ronaldo has been in the past uh, few weeks i mean this is his biggest goal drought and i mean he does have 15 goals this season which is by far uh, one of the best returns compared to any forward but then he has been underperforming as xg so badly this season he has uh, he hasn't he has a uh, xg deficit of around uh, 4.3 at the moment and that is in uh, premier league alone and you know uh, the reason why he was bought uh, to the club was to give us that did the Wait, did the notification sound come? Yes. Shit. Wait one second. Just closing it. Okay. Uh, and the main reason why Ronaldo was bought in this season was because we wanted a ruthless finisher like uh, uh, who could you know score thirty goals a season for us and win us the Premier League. But uh, you know, paying five hundred thousand pounds a week for a guy who hasn't even been performing to the levels of what Martial did a couple of seasons back is totally appalling. And to his own standards, Ronaldo has been doing a really bad job, although getting the service that he has been getting. Uh, yeah. Ajay said that Ronaldo was supposed to be ruthless, a ruthless finisher. The only thing he's been ruthless to this season is everything except the net between those sticks. He's been ruthless to probably the hands of the goalkeepers. He has been atrocious when it comes to finishing. And I really hope he get, gets back to his best because people have seen Ronaldo even before this season. Cristiano Ronaldo was the top scorer in the Serie A. He crossed 30 goals consistently and very easily. And he was probably he's probably in the list for the quickest 100 goals in UA, which is just like a few years back and not ancient history. So I really hope Ronaldo comes back because our other forwards have been either atrocious or the one forward that shall not be named is probably missing for the rest of the season and probably for the rest of his time that we're going to be here. So I really hope Ronaldo catches up. Speaking about Cavani, oh my God. The man is living his life. I mean, imagine you get paid 200k a week just to party around with your family. And he has added no value in his second season here. But it's I think I blame it on the club itself because... They didn't. They wanted Cavani, and they I mean, tried so hard to keep him for another season. Then two months later, they bring Ronaldo, so he becomes a uh, surplus. So that's zero planning from the club. But then Cavani is not staying fit at all. Now he has a hard groin injury at the moment, and it's been there for a month. And he was supposedly back in training, but he's still not available for today's match, which is the derby. So, I think it's just waste, I mean, having him at the club because he's adding no value. He's a good, tremendous off-the-bench option, but in reality, he's not even, never even on the bench. So, there's no option. 
so okay so that's about kavan coming to my personal joint favorite at this club jaden sancho i was simping for him since two years before we signed him and he's actually he's actually actually showing what we I mean there is bundesliga tax but this guy paid his tax there is no tax on this guy and he's been good he's been very good for us he's creating chances he's taking on players he's uh he's scoring goals now and he was a bit unlucky earlier but now all the quality which we paid right price for is now reflecting on the pitch left wing right wing false nine the man's worst style I feel Sancho is a Bruno S signing. Obviously, not in terms of the goal contribution, but in terms of the impact. Given Ragnik's pressing style of play, I think Sancho does excel in the new system, and uh, he was a shadow of him of what he was at Borussia Dortmund under Ole. But now he is racking up the numbers. He is scoring the goals. But in the end, it's just the very, very, very awful finishing of all the others. Marcus Rashford. has been a com- has been completely invisible this season given his off the pitch activities which are really really commendable but on the pitch uh he has been a mile off how he is supposed to be and cristiano ronaldo the greatest player of all time is getting so much stick which is which is actually you know unbelievable but uh, given that he misses an open goal in a couple of matches and also uh, edinson cavani despite his injury worries when he plays he's a really really good player but also he doesn't help the wage bill as well at manchester united and but despite all these things anthony elanga he has been the shining light of united season especially in the past at least in the past couple of weeks or months where he has outshone all the other options so is is he deserving of a starting place and uh, does he displace any of the premium options that united have up front to actually you know convert the chances that united are creating okay so for me marcus rashford has been looking slightly off form this season so if you're looking purely at the stats we'll see that marcus rashford has overperformed his xg and he scored an extra two goals almost but when we look at the actual games what we notice is that rashford is often caught on the ball he's often not seen putting enough effort and he's often not making enough runs so the lack of him making the runs is reflecting in a lower xg than what actually would be there if he had made those runs so that has been a huge issue for marcus this year and we can give him a slight slack we can cut him some slack considering that he's been coming back from a long term injury uh, with a shoulder and he's had some other injury issues as well and marcus has been good for us in previous seasons when he was uh, relatively injury free so we're hoping that rashford stays injury free and he keeps training he and he keeps improving because he definitely is one of the brightest talents at united he's got so much uh, skill he's got the pace he's got the physicality uh, like uh, ralf ragnick said in his press conference marcus rashford can be a center forward for united i know this is going to be an unpopular opinion but i definitely believe that marcus rashford can be a obamayang type center forward for united and he should at the present moment displace ronaldo based on pure form okay i actually agree with adi here when it comes to marcus rashford for the past two seasons the guy has consistently been giving up over 30 goal contributions that's not an easy job to do especially when you have to carry the entire team before bruno came it was all marcus rashford 
so i actually agree with him here but after the surgery i am not sure what's happened to him he's back and he's been given the time to adjust but still this season again he uh, adi was right that the xg may not tell the perfect story here he should have made some runs he should have actually gotten past people i really hope marcus rashford comes in because i remember when sancho rumors were there and when sancho rumors were astute i was actually so happy marcus rashford and jaden sancho this team could be a dark horse this team could take down big teams so i really hope that would happen but i hope rashford comes back to form soon well despite the entire squad stacked with many superstars and yet you know being as dysfunctional as it seems to be it all comes down to the system in which these players are operated in doesn't it because first it was under ole gunnar solskjaer and it started with an with an in, in, the really really impressive win over leeds and then there was all these rumors where you know ronaldo was available and he was heading off to city and united had to come clutch and prevent him from going there but once ronaldo came in there was this buzzer on manchester united that the team is going to win literally every trophy available and uh, they are going to literally take the league by storm but it has dropped since then and to accommodate ronaldo obviously the entire system was changed it was completely uncalled for ole but even then he tried his best and then there were hammerings at liverpool and for and, and against city at home which led to ralph ragnick coming here due to ole's sacking and uh, he is trying his best to mend things up and also rekindle the dressing room and uplift the mood a bit but also there is another rumor going around that eric ten hag has already accepted a contract at manchester united so what do you guys think about that and what is the current managerial seesaw that's going on at manchester united uh, i think the news we've got it a bit wrong the rumors are that eric ten hag to united is getting closer and closer which is true but contract is still quite some time away because when it comes to united and good deals we either don't do them or we take a lot of time so i expect ten hag to come only after the season ends like the last premier league match and after that i expect contract negotiations to start because that's how it's always been with united but yeah eric den haag provides a very exciting brand of football uh, he was he was in germany with bayern munich and I, that's how ralf rangnick knows him and that connection could probably probably make him come here and if he comes here i think that will be the best man united manager after sir alex ferguson to come to united yeah i am going to back uh, aryan up on this like from the coaches that we have been considering eric ten hag definitely brings a good positive attacking brand of football that is not just attacking but also positioning and it uh, it is based on control control and positioning are ragnick's principles as well so ten hag could build upon what ragnick has been uh, doing as interim manager and i feel it will be it will work like a charm the transition could really work like a charm okay i am going to agree with both of them and i will also add to this that uh, uh, tenag can actually revive the career of marshall again we saw how uh, sebastian haller uh, rose up in ajax the link up play they all give i think it is going to uh, pretty ex- it's going to be pretty exciting if tenag comes in so uh, i'm going to disagree with uh, nachiket on that i think marshall at united is pretty finished he had that one half decent season 
but besides that he's been the most inconsistent manchester united forward in the last 6 uh, 7 years and you can include the likes of kawani as well in that kawani the one season where he was playing he was producing uh, goal contributions in a more consistent manner than marshall marshall's finished let him stay at sevilla no need to come back also don't you think like haller was also pretty much uh, labeled as a finished player but he went to ajax and then improved his career there like he is still he... finished even you can i mean score goals in versus farmers i mean there's no big deal in he, what he is doing at ajax of, uh, currently is a top scorer of ucl as well so yeah that is okay so even haland was even haland was but he's still consistently up there let's see where ajax goes ajax is already 2-2 with benfica maybe higher haller ten hag and ajax are down to benfica itself So you cannot say anything on that. It is also, totally is... surprising how the conversation started with Marcial and went from Haller to Haaland. That is really, really funny from you guys. But anyways, uh, talking about players who are finished at United, Donny Van Der Beek, who is currently on loan at Everton, is starting pretty much every game. Will that will a managerial change? Uh, kind of like bolster his career back at Manchester United because I also I think. it was najiket who told me scott mcdominay can be on the bench rather vanderbeek can start over there so what do you guys think about vanderbeek's future prospects at the united midfield will he get his chances or still will he be bench warming again okay uh, dani is a very intelligent player and uh, a player if used well will come good for us i mean he is not a player that ole wanted uh and looks like he's not a player that rangnick wanted either but um he was one of the impo- most important players in eric ten hag's champions league run as well as that ma- great season that they had uh, in 2018 so if uh eric ten hag comes in it is obvious that donny will play a good role in uh, the midfield but it also depends on the uh, other midfield incomings into the club if say we bring players like rice or chuameni and uh, if we you know also bring uh, more young players like give start giving hanibal a chance or start giving isaac antonaren a chance or uh, mainu a chance and if those players start coming into the club from the academy donny might not be uh, preferred but there is good chance that happens but talking about eric ten hag himself uh, i mean uh, i am a little bit skeptical when it comes to managers uh, man united managers after sir alex ferguson i could never trust anyone and let's just hope eric ten hag does not become the next frank de boer on donny van de beek united fans are pretty much dejected after sir alex ferguson we've not been having a very good time for the past few seasons no trophies but still van de beek is probably more excited than us on having den haag on board because that guy has spent his entire united career on the bench and substitutions i look for him i actually saw a match where he was asked to warm up in the 55th minute and came on on it on the 86th minute i still don't know what he was doing for those 30 minutes what was he warming up or he stretching ligament or something i don't know but i hope under donny van de beek but under den haag donny van de beek does a really really good job like he did in ajax okay now let's go to the other candidate who is in pole position and not just paper talk which is mauricio pochettino man united have been uh, wanting him since 2018 when they 
I mean, lost their head and gave Ali the full-time job. I feel uh, amongst, obviously, Eric Ten Hag and Pochettino, my bias is towards Pochettino because he knows what it takes in the Premier League and he's dealing with uh, politics in Paris, which is similar to what we have at Man United with at the moment with Ronaldo. So I feel he has more of a pedigree to manage a big club and he's Premier League proven. So I tilt towards Pochettino getting the full-time job at Man United. Whether it's Ten Hag or Pochettino, it really comes down to the owners and the board and the decisions they take. And the past few years have been absolutely horrendous. I'm not a United fan, but even I can say that because I think all of you agree on this. And the Glazers need to use the funds properly and also the board needs to at least now make a good decision on who's to lead the club forward because it's been five years of a trophy drought and this doesn't define Manchester United, doesn't it? Manchester United always be- belongs to the top. And what do you guys think the, the, the decisions the owner should take and do the Glazers even, you know, need to be in the club still, according to you guys? They should have never got the club in their first place. They scammed us, the Premier League. They took us on a loan. How was that even allowed in back in 2004? We were, I mean, let's just go back a little bit in history. We were about to be bought by Sky Sports. And the Premier League thought that this will be a monopoly like Paris because we were already smashing ass and then we would have been bought by Sky Sports. It would have been one-way traffic in the Premier League. So they stopped that. Then these American dudes came over, bought the club on debt and we've been in debt since then. They should not have been here because that's not... I mean, if Premier League allowed that to happen, so big part of that is on the Premier League themselves for our downfall. But yes, they should not been, they should have not been here. But Man United is such a huge brand now that it's difficult for anyone even to buy. I mean, if Chelsea at the moment is being sold for three mil- billion when they are in crisis, Man United can't be sold less than four in less than for four billion. Not a lot of people in the world have that kind of money to spare on a football club, not even consortiums. When it comes to the Glazers. And when you see the transfer window strategy that we employ, people keep thinking, what are Glazers thinking? What are the Glazer strategies here? The only strategies Glazer have are, are resemblant to a parasite. They suck money. Our revenue is the only thing that is keeping our club actually going. Because Manchester United revenue, it funds the club, it funds the salaries, and it gives at least 10-20 million to Glazers themselves. So for me, even if we talk about the club, you can see this player is the problem, that player is the problem. There'll be there'll be different people saying different players. The one thing that no one will change or the one no one will disagree on is the fact that the main problem at United are Glazers. Do you ask them what is offside rule? They'll they'll look up in the air and, and think what I, what is he saying? And they actually bought this just as an investment. They just bought a soccer team. Because they wanted to. Uh, let me just be a devil's advocate here. I don't want to be, but yeah. See, if uh, if Glazers appoint a good uh, you know, football-taking decision person in the board, then I think it, it will be good enough for United. Right now, Richard Arnold has been uh, you know, 
uh, said to be a good guy who who is uh, taking decisions uh, like according to what uh, the people people who knows football say him say to him like we know Darren Fletcher is involved maybe his coach maybe whatever is we don't know but Darren Fletcher and one more John Murto has been involved recently and he has uh, uh, since John Murto has been here he has taken a few good decisions that's what i think if uh, this continues uh, and a good manager appointment has been made the more than known as football day, football decision is what matters i think uh, i uh, get the point of uh, what nasiket is saying but glazers reign at manchester united has been a multi tier failure it has been a failure in terms of uh, renovating the club it has been a failure in terms of developing the structure at the club and it has been a failure in terms of obtaining the results on the pitch uh, the only defense that glazers can say is a lot of the revenue of the club has been put back into the first team and the club has spent 1.2 billion pounds in transfers since 2014 but the transfer planning has been exceptionally poor and there has been no continued uh, structure or planning for future transfers under different managers and this has been affecting the teams each time manchester united buy players with a new manager it's a different kind of a player and none of these players gel, gel together and it's also been uh, reported at times that uh, glazers sign off on transfers themselves which is not something that i understand very much considering that they're not a football fa- uh, they're not someone with football knowledge so that doesn't really make sense to me so if we can see a structure change that is being headed with ragnik as technical director in the future i think there is some scope but as of now uh, it's been very poor so far and also uh, and also adding to that i think there's there needs to be a lot of uh, improvements to the stadium as well uh, that point is very important for united right now stadium is just old as fuck right okay now see the thing is with uh, ed woodward he was he thought that he knew a lot but he didn't but this new guy richard arnold he knows that he does not know things so he's trying to bring on board like uh, in uh, like i think last week we had the uh, sh- um, uh, we had the shareholders meeting and there was no murta uh, there was no uh, arnold in that there was only murta fletcher so we are seeing football people the increasing number of football people coming to man united and making decisions i mean the appointment of an interim as a, like ralph radnick in itself is a very good decision and the glazers have the only thing we have been relevant in the glazers regime has been financially so because they want to suck money they have made more money for us so that is the only thing which has uh, you know been good for them and then lastly i just want to back up what aryan said uh, that they don't know anything about the football club in a fundraiser in america i think last last month they said that ronaldo left the club in 2008 when he left the club in 2009 they that in informed about the football club well i have to i have to agree with adarsh and arunya because John Murta was not even appointed as a director of football but the director of football didn't even exist until 2 years ago because and this clearly explains that the whatever decisions that were taken at the club were not from footballing perspective it was just you know black and blue 
taking whatever they felt like it and uh, it completely you know changed the course of the football club from what it was supposed to be to what it is right now and ajay do you have anything to add on this um my problem with the glazers is that uh, somehow whenever they appoint a new manager they spend uh, they spend money like madmen and they just try to get some trust back from the fans that you know they you know the fans are so drawn and the fans want something or the other happening at the club because that's how trophy drought we are at at the moment and so if the glazers start giving you know spending around 200 to 300 million every time a new manager is appointed the fans are you know a little a little bit of sympathy is getting created and a little bit of support for the glazers start to show up but um as a whole like everybody said uh, in this uh, podcast that glazers must leave the club but there is no way in, in which that is going to happen unless uh, we are also bought by one of the oligarchs around the world so uh which i hope does not happen to a club like manchester united i don't want to be a chelsea fan so let's just hope that we get uh better decisions from the glazers after this and they let the football people run the club and that person is rangnick at the moment and rangnick has run multiple clubs from the depths of despair to uh glory so if uh, they give all reins to rangnick and hope that uh, he takes the club forward in the way that he seems is fair uh, i guess we will be uh, going to a better direction also i guess rangnick will be taking up a consultancy role at united once his interim duties are over and uh, we really hope that the glazers finally take decisions on a footballing level and also finally we hope that united appoint the right manager let it be pochettino or ten hag or whoever it may be to lead them forward but decisions need to be taken and also the squad needs some kind of development in a way because the team has to gel together and also the finishing has to be come up to speed and the squad definitely needs to fire one way or the other especially because of the players it has at its disposal so with this we conclude the podcast and we'll be we'll be back soon with another episode so until then see you guys bye bye